What's Gucci, baby? What's up? Um, you know, I'm I just dried off after the shower and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to pot. It's it's Sunday a little early. Yesterday I had a um I kind of hurt my body a little bit with food. I thought so you I were gonna to, say you hurt your body when I destroyed you on the fucking tennis court like it was like it was child's play. Um, after being defeated by you many times, I think whatever you put into your temple uh, helped me win. That is, yeah, whatever I put into my temple helped me lose. I I started off the day <laughs> started off the day well by having um, a slice of pepperoni pizza, and then that was followed by half of a Italian sandwich. Um, and then for dessert, oh, before that I ate a donut in the car and then for the dessert of the, the pizza and the sandwich, I had another donut. That's truly, Um, that's truly disgusting. And for you to admit that on mic is, is kind of crazy. I know. And then I showed up, showed up to the tennis courts, you know, 90 degrees in, in the middle of the day and, and whatever, my body was not down with it. You know, it was you know, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it it was it was far. It was like I filled up the Porsche with oh, with regular apple cider vinegar. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just so used to using premium gas at this point. I, I just I get confused. Uh, right. I, I think yeah, the gas is the stuff where where like the liquid comes out. If you don't have a Tesla, is that how it works? Yes, yeah. If you're not an incel that worships Elon Musk, then yeah, you have a regular car um, that's not quite as good for the environment, but makes you look a lot cooler. So Dude, you're, if, it's, it, you're grave, bro. If Elon Musk makes Azalea Banks kill herself, I'm going to be bummed out. Honestly, that shit is really sad. I don't fuck with that. I, I don't. I like. I, I've, I've always you, been a big fan of hers. I am and too. her outspoken nature. I think she's a refreshing, a refreshing uh, blast of information on the world wide web in general. I mean, I don't care about her music, but I don't think anybody ever cared about her music. Mm-hmm. But sad. Fuck Elon sad Musk. Um, pray for TJ. I do. How do you feel today? Because you know, I felt exceptional, even though I did an eight mile run that morning. I was somehow energized, mm-hmm. and I think maybe if I get one on you, it pumps mm-hmm. me full of adrenaline because I want to see you lose so badly. Well, you know, thank you for that, my dear close friend. I, I think after, <laughs> you know, after last the last episode, which was so very tennis-friendly and tennis-focused, uh, you know, I, I really realized yesterday how much of a how much of a mental game it is, and that's that is truly what I do love about it, and. You know, it it's one of, it's it's kind of like doing uh, you know when they when you do mushrooms or or acid or something. It, they say you really have to get your get your mind right in the set and setting correct, or else you you could have a bad trip. I yes. think it's the same vibe with you know any cerebral sport activity like golf or tennis or you know running or anything like that, where you really got to get your mind right, or else. Or else you ain't going to be hitting them winners, and that's what happened. Yeah, your performance showed. But um, luckily, I, I was able to pivot and recover by pulling up to Sweet Green and picking up the the Green Goddess, <laughs> the Green Goddess salad full of raw beets and zatar breadcrumbs. I'm a little upset. So I, woke I, wasn't, up. I wasn't invited to indulge in some SG with you last night because I had mm. obviously I had nowhere to be. I fell asleep by nine fifteen. Um, Saturdays are a very tough day for my body is destroyed. Um, but 
<laughs> Luckily, you know, of course I'm up. I've, I've recovered. I feel good. I'm hydrated. Um, I also mm-hmm. showered, um, you know, so that's good. I shower twice a day. They're like a normal person. So, um, I, I, I really, you know, I, I'm probably going to shower twice today as well. And I really don't, don't enjoy it. It feels very inefficient to me. I just well, don't like it, it's, it. I wish there was a better way. It's summer in the city, baby. So I know. And, and my girlfriend, she'll do a rinse off. Well, where she'll a, just a hop of, in. Yeah, women do that because of the hair issue because it takes so long to dry when you have a beautiful head of hair like Kate. Oh, thanks for letting me know about that, that Chris. Sorry, um, I, I don't in, think it's called inside mansplaining. Inside into the world of women. I, I, don't think we're, I don't think it can be mansplaining when it's a man explaining to a man. So sometimes lady have long hair and, and water bad. Jason, if any of us is, <laughs> is a caveman, it would be you. Uh, let's not, not with the ladies. Not with anyone, dumbass. You're, <laughs> you, you, what do you mean? Like, yo, some chicks like a caveman vibe. I mean, that's that's true. Even in 2020, I bet they're out there. Yeah, um, they like a fucking juiced up gorilla head like me. That is you. Um, speaking of Joe Rogan, um, you oh, know, yeah. I that 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 photo that went viral yesterday of the fireplace. Whose fireplace was that? Um. It was like a real housewife or some shit like that. I don't even know. It was like an actress's. It was an actress's. I think it was. Oh, an it was an actress where it looked. It would look like the Montezuma's Revenge. Yeah, like you the, you walk through it when you're about to go onto like a jungle amusement it, park ride. It reminded me of canceled podcaster Joe Rogan's uh, kettlebells. Yeah, his his kettlebell um, on, it, on it brand kettlebells that have gorilla heads on them. Mm-hmm. Which and I don't. I've, I don't understand really. What what that? Why you would buy that? I guess if it was the only thing available to you. Okay. But, well, let me. You. I need to educate you about a phenomenon that you might not be familiar with. It's for people who have a little bit more of an explosive fitness lifestyle. It's called beast mode, and I don't <laughs> think you. I'm sorry. I've never locked into that mode before, have I? All right. So beast mode is when you go absolutely <laughs> fucking mental and you black out in the you know proverbial booth of fitness. And when you do it, I mean, if you have, if you ask, like, when do I know I'm in beast mode, <laughs> honey, you know. And if you, mm-hmm. if you have to ask if you've, if you've entered beast mode, then you certainly have not. Uh, I, I don't know if I've. It's ever, like getting your first nut. You know what I mean? I don't You're think like, I've ever. I don't seen, know what that was, but I do know what that was. I don't think I've ever seen you enter beast mode. Then you know, actually, I think that when we used to work out together and do the box jumps, I feel like that's the time when we both really locked into beast mode. Oh, well, you know, I guess you can come over and watch me blast off. Um, do when, Whenever I'm home alone and I do my full nude kettlebell. <laughs> that's <laughs> how, a little something how called Pavel intended. How Pavel intended. Yeah, I just use a, an, a, an assortment of leaves to dry myself. <laughs> God mm. damn it. I would, love, I would love to call 911. The only time I'm going to call the cops if I see you working out nude with a kettlebell. Then it's over. Uh-huh. <laughs> just... Smearing Gatorade on my face like it's <laughs> Gatorade powder on your face like it's Gatorade, battle paint. Gatorade powder under <laughs> under my under my eyes like like like. You're about to go into the the, the Super Bowl and throw a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you know, we have a great guest in episode today. We do have a great guest. We, we we um you know we did a timely booking uh, is what I would call this today. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally moving forward, we plan on having our Monday episodes be a, be a one-on-one pod because we know that's a fan fave, but we had to do a last-minute We had to do a last timely minute. episode. Um, there was a big story this week um, in, in the New York Times uh, written by Iriana Alexander. Um, uh, 
about, well, it's the cover story of the New York Times. It might be Irina Alexander. Is it? I guess we'll find out, won't we? Irina Alexander. It's, a, it's, a, it's the cover story of the um, New York Times magazine Sweat this Sweat Pants Sunday. Forever. Sweat Pants Forever, which is it's kind of based around friend of the show, uh, Scott Sternberg, and his, his brand Entire World, and how he kind of um, has handled the the downturn but it, it gets deep into the the future of fashion and wholesale and return to vendor and um personalities and the cfda and stephen kolb and anna wintour and, and and if 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 you know uh, the the industry as we know it is over uh which is obviously mm-hmm. um a conversation that people love um but uh <laughs> i love how you say wintour well that's how you say it it's like louis vuitton um but uh we're going to give her a call, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how long the story took to report and um, and, and all the, the ins and outs of it because I'm sure there's some stuff she couldn't use, and hopefully she'll divulge those details to me and Big TJ when we ask very nicely. Okay. Let's give her a jingle. Okay. Okay. Where are you from? Russia. Okay. That was my guess, but yeah. I didn't want to be presumptuous. Yeah. So it's basically Irina in English and Irina in every other language, so whichever you prefer. Okay, great. Thank you. I don't know. I can't remember what I said in the intro, so we'll have to go back and listen to that. I think you called um, her Ariana. No, I did not. No, I, did not. <laughs> I mean, not, not. Irina Grande. Just, I like Irina Ariana. Gra- it, has a nice, it has a nice ring to it. It's it close me, enough. It's like a Vanderpump Rules castmate. That's, that's true. And I, I think that that's all our final form if we had our choice. You know what I mean? So totally. it, it's, not, it's not out of the question. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we wanted to have you on, obviously, because you had the hottest story of the week, you know. Um, and Thanks. Maybe I, I, week and a half. Maybe. No, I mean, honestly, it could be all of quarantine, I, I would say. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I think that – so, you know, I work in the industry, so I'm familiar with at least a lot of the themes and the names and the people involved in the story. Um, Scott has been on the show. Scott's my friend. So I, I that part I really understood. Um but I also wanted to just get into the, the the process of what something like this requires and how long it took you, et cetera, et cetera, because I don't think people really know how, how much goes into it. Yeah. Um, well, so I think this began like early April, I want to say. Um, it was like early pandemic days. And I was supposed to be working on another story that I was just Clearly, clear to me, I was not writing, though not clear to my editor at the time. Um, <laughs> meaning, meaning you weren't feeling it or it wasn't going anywhere? Um, it was like I'd, I just kept reporting it and I didn't feel like I was ever done reporting it, which is when I would start writing it. And so I just kept reporting it for literally no reason, even though I should just stop and start writing. And then I, mm-hmm. I don't know, there was something about like I couldn't really find my way into it. And unless I can like see, the structure of a piece ahead of time, I don't really feel like I can like sit down and do it because it just feels like a battle. Um, But so it was, I think it was early April. I was on the phone with my editor. I think she was trying to like talk me off the ledge about the other story. And she, you know, we started talking about pandemic things and she said, you know, what's happening in fashion. And I was like, I actually don't know. I mean, I assume nothing um, is happening (laughs) in fashion. (laughs) Very little, very little. I think I even probably said, like, I think I'm in sweatpants like everyone else right now. So, um, but I, I had met Scott like last year at a wedding. And so I sort of said like, oh, well, you know, let me like reach out to some people and like feel out what's going on right now. And so 
Um, I didn't have his number, but I got his number through the mutual friend and, um, we met up in mid April in his backyard. Um, and I just sort of, I mean, my question was so nonspecific. I was just like, what do you think is happening in the fashion industry right now? And just that question alone, I mean, he made it so easy. Like once he started talking, it was like, holy shit, there's like a whole story here. Um, and it wasn't just about his line. You know, at first he was just answering my questions about like, well, what's hypothetically happening to like Proenza right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like what's happening to all of these companies that were already kind of on the brink and just listening to him talk. I mean, he sounded like, you know, someone who had like escaped a cult. There was like an apostate. <laughs> it was like, like there was like this PTSD from like working in the fashion industry and what happened with band, which, you know, I'd read when band folded, like I'd read all those articles, yeah. but I didn't feel like I had a clear sense of what actually happened. Um, I think talking to him about that stuff is he's just so honest about it that it's kind of exactly. Insane. Exactly. I feel like most people try to pat it out or at least like veil the reality of it. But I think him, him and, and some of those stories are more are, are better than others, but I think that's why it's, it's so appealing and so interesting and how it could open like a Pandora's box for you. Totally. I mean, he's so honest about it, which I also just find to be so unusual in the fashion industry. Um, because I feel like for the past decade, it's like, you know, these companies are struggling, but when you ask them how things are going, they're like, great, everything's great. We're showing the next collection. And you're like, uh-huh. Well, that generation like- specifically, I think that, that you guys, that he talked about, like the Proenza and, um, mm-hmm. Rodarte and, you know, that kind of, but like that era, um, it just seems like there's no room for that anymore. And, and what they did, yeah. it had a time and it's, it's hard to let go, um, but yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if uh, there's always somebody looking to put money in. And I think that that's the thing, though, that he mentions, too, is like it's not that sexy anymore. You know what I mean? Right. It, yep. It's like putting money into a restaurant. Like you put in $50,000 knowing you're not going to get it back, but you always have a table there to impress your friends. Exactly. It's, it's like what is the end game for me if I give somebody three or four million dollars to make clothes? Yep, totally. I mean, that's exactly it. Um but yeah, I think just talking to him, uh, there, he was like this, I, it was like Paul Haggis leaving Scientology. It was like, holy shit, you know, <laughs> like, you know, all these secrets and I you're going to tell me them. Now, do you, but you have a background, like it's, you say in the piece that you've interned to WWD at some point or worked there? Yeah. So, I mean, my background in fashion is not actually that extensive. I, in college, uh, thought I wanted to work in fashion. Um, and honestly, after that internship at Women's Wear, realized I didn't anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it, like, I think I like fashion as like a topic to cover, but I don't love the kind of culture of fashion people, I would say, mm. or like the environment of that area of like journalism, maybe. Um, How would you describe the people, please? <laughs> oh, I have to be really careful here. Um, no, please. No. Well, please, why, why on, do you it, have to be really careful though? Let it spray. Let it spray. Uh <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, like I'm really bad at like small talk, I think. And yeah. that kind of like slightly bitchy, like party chatter thing that you're supposed to do all the time. Mm. Um, and like the cliche of like the air kissing and the like trying to act you know, quote unquote, like fabulous when you actually live in like a sad, sad apartment because you're spending all your money on like designer clothes. Mm -hmm. 
or worse, getting them for free in exchange for writing things. Oh, oh, I'm, feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling attacked and we can end this fucking podcast right now <laughs> if you keep going, okay? <laughs> I told you. I warned you. Um, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I don't want to totally, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I love some fashion people. I really actually respect the industry. Like, I, I was really careful. I wanted to be really careful, and I don't know if this actually came off, to like not this not be like a takedown like I wanted it to be more sort of respectful because I yeah, like I don't think it feels like a takedown at all I think it feels like a pretty honest look all. from people who are able to speak on it you know realistically and truthfully because they they actually do it for a living you know yeah yeah um and I you know like I love fashion shows like I'm sad that they're going away even if they made absolutely no sense um, but yeah. uh, I mean, they really don't make any sense, but I can't say that I've ever been to, I've been to enough fashion shows in my life where I've never, I, maybe I don't like clothes enough, but I've never had my mind fucking blown. You, you know what I mean? Right. Like, the, like I just can't, it doesn't affect me the way that like seeing a band play could, but That's I think it you does. you can't get into the good shows, Chris. That's probably <laughs> true. That's probably true. When you're when you're tenth row, when you're standing room only at a streetwear <laughs> fashion show. Mm, but you know what I mean. I've heard people talk about it in this way where I'm like, damn, I, I don't think that could ever happen to me. Like that only happens to me with like music, maybe a movie, I guess. Yeah. Like I, I can't equate those things, but a lot of people do, you know. And I think that the work that goes into it is admirable, but it just doesn't affect me the same. Yeah. I mean, I I would say that like some of those Mark Jacobs shows you know, yeah. 10, 12, 15 years ago. Um, I, it's like watching a really good movie for me. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's something kind of transcendent. I, I mean, maybe that's putting it too strongly, but like, there's so much theater that goes into it that it is totally. kind of just like a show on its own. Um, I think I unfortunately get distracted by the guests and I'm unable yes. to un, uh, detach. Like if, if Gunna is sitting in the front row smoking a blunt, how am I supposed to pay attention to the clothes? You know, see, it's I like, think that's it, all part of it. It's like somehow like that's the kind of like unexpected surprise performance aspect of it. Like you want Miley Cyrus to walk in and do something insane to like twerk on the runway or something like you want I, some weird. I always want that. I always <laughs> her specifically. Yes, I do. I want that extremely badly. Thank you for noticing. Uh, I, I don't. Um. But but I think Mark as a central – I mean I think his his arc and the way that business has gone as a central part of the story is really good because he was bigger than life. And it wasn't that long ago that he had 250 stores, which exactly. is an insane amount of stores, insane amount of stores. Totally. Um, but I think what – I have a prediction that he's going to he's, – he's pivoting into being just like a great celebrity. Like he's such yeah. a fan. He's such a fan of clothes and he plays dress up every day. And like, I, I mean, you talked about him being at the Mercer wearing pearls. Like mm -hmm. there was that 25 page system special of him jeweling in his house. It's just yeah. like, he's on another level of fandom, but I don't know. Do you think the business can survive? His business? I mean, I think what he uh, needs to do is, or not what he needs to do, but I think what's going to happen most likely is that LVMH will probably, hopefully, put him at the helm of like a massive fashion house. Sure. Like he needs to be designing. I'm actually stealing what Scott said, so this is not my idea, but like he should be designing Chanel, realistically. Like mm. he should be the next Karl Lagerfeld because there's no one else that's like on that level of intelligence and performance. Um, yeah. Mm. 
Well, so, also, per, also just like the cult of personality too, which I exactly. think is, is, is extremely necessary. And that's what, that's why I thought it was funny when you were describing fashion people, I find myself really attracted to the personalities uh, uh, in the business. Like I like, I like who to track sometimes, but I know what you're saying about the, the, um, the air kissing, you know what I mean? That whole, that whole vibe in yeah. general. Um, but I think that at a certain level, it also attracts people like Scott, you know what I mean? Or people like Mark Jake, like people who totally. are truly, truly like gifted and doing it right and have a good outlook on it. Um, but Definitely. I, is this the most time you've ever spent with fashion, like in your brain, <laughs> like just no. dedicating so much time? It's not. Okay. okay. I wish, I wish it was, but no. Um, I mean, so after that, uh, women's wear internship in 2005 or whatever that was. So I was, I think I was still in college then. And then I didn't really do much. I wor- I went to work for the New York Observer. That was like my first reporting job. Um, yeah. and actually Leon, who you guys have had on the yes. pod, we were like cubicle mates. Mm. Um, we call him, we only refer to him as elite podcaster on this, <laughs> on this show. So if you could just do the respect. That'd definitely, be definitely elite podcaster. Elite, yes. po- elite podcaster. elite podcaster. Elite podcaster. Yep. Thank Got you. It. Um, God, I want to be elite something too. Um, well, one day we, we do, we do too as podcasters who are not, elite, think <laughs> how hard that hits us, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys are not elite podcasters, uh, that this could be a little more chill and not well, pre. That- we have a look. We have a chill approach to life, you know. So it just comes like through. It. it comes through in our potting. It's possible like it. you can be elite and chill, though. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's that's true. But I don't know if this will flatter you guys, but I still took a beta blocker before this, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that does flatter us, and that, that's I think that could go on our. That's going to go. That's a blurb for our jacket. You know what I mean? When the, when the book comes out, um, you're welcome. Yeah. So so after after so you worked at the New York Observer as a reporter. Yes. So I was sort of covering like you know there was like someone whose beat was like politics and media and publishing and tech, and I was sort of the like wide pocket of culture, which was everything from like you know party reporting celebrity stuff and fashion was like part of that. So I would go to fashion week, but New York observer was not like, you know, we weren't like Vogue. We weren't like, you know, I was in row eight or whatever. Um, and then after that, my editor went to the style section and I worked there. I was sort of like on contract informally for, I think about six months and I wasn't loving it. Um, nothing to do with the style section, mostly just the pace of it. Um, it was too slow or too accelerated. No, it was too accelerated. I mean, I'm like a, I'm a very slow writer, um, which my editors do not like. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Really? I'm so surprised by that revelation. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I'm generally a little bit of a nightmare to work with, but that's one of the problems is my slowness. Um, Well, we'll unpack the other reasons you're a nightmare later, but sure. Sure. Fair. (laughs) Um, but so when I was at, when I was writing for styles, um, L approached me about a fashion news editor job. And that was like the first real fashion job I'd ever sort of gone out for or even considered. And it was so much money, which <laughs> is not that much money, but no, it's, I was about to say, but at <laughs> yeah, the time, at the time, I mean, you have to understand like at the New York observer, I think I was making like 30,000 a year. Ooh. Um, mm. yeah. Um, even adjusting and, for inflation, not great. Yes. Um, and it was, I mean, I still don't know how I did it, but we all kind of did it. And, you know, maybe by now I was making like 40 or 50, 
generously. Um, wow. So, all right. So you're living in a two bedroom in the West Village. Yes. Yes. I have, have a butler a and a driver and a cook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. No, it's great. I, I afford all my own designer clothes. Um, and, <laughs> and so Elle approaches me about this job and it's like 80,000 a year, like mm. plus expenses and travel. And it just like a part of me knew that I didn't really want to be a fashion editor as like my ultimate career goal. Like I knew I wanted to eventually do long form like magazine journalism. Um, but it was just, it sounded so great. Um, and actually the friend that I worked there with is how I met Scott last year. Cause we're still friends. Um, so L was, you know, and I was at L for about, I lasted about six months, maybe eight months in that job before I left and went freelance to do what I do now. Um, but in those six months, I would say that's the most fashion exposure I had. Um, so six months situate me on the timeline. What year is this? Sure. Um, this is, uh, I want to say 2011. Through oh, 2012. This is probably, that's probably pretty good. So did you go to yeah. Europe? Did you go to Paris and Milan and the whole thing? I went, I got it. I like somehow like totally blocked this out. I think I did go to Paris. Um, I remember, I mean, this is where some of this stuff comes from. Like I remember Chanel flying me to shows. Uh, like I, you know, like these brands fly you to their show. My goal to be a Chanel girl is still, (laughs) is still there. Like I I want the makeup. I want the clothes. Oh, it's, I mean, I don't want to make it If Gelman can get it, I can get it. I think I'm aiming. That's where, that's where my aim is. <laughs> it's a really good aim. Um, I mean, I just want to clarify, I was not a like a Chanel girl in the sense of like Audrey brand ambassador type of girl. Sure, sure. But um, you were an invited guest and they were paying for it. Yes. And they pay for, I mean, I don't know if I'm like revealing some dirty secret of the industry, but like they pay for most journalists who go to those shows. Oh, because... no. We, we all know. Us okay, insiders good, 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 and good. Our, our, our listeners, <laughs> the, the how long goners are insiders. So don't, yeah. you know, they don't know worry about this stuff. It's fine. Don't worry about them. <laughs> great, great. I'll just I'll just let loose then. The, um, the twenty five year old incels in, in in Edmonton to listen to this podcast definitely know about Chanel. Don't don't worry. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> um, so so yeah. So I think that was like uh, I was traveling for that, and actually the first piece that I ended up doing uh, for the New York Times Magazine was based on um, it was about this male model who was like one of Carl Lagerfeld's yes. boys. I remember um, that when we were when we were looking into you at, for the show. I remember that article. It was so big too. It was such a thing at the time. I remember that really well, and it's great. And that story yeah. is so like it's just so wild. <laughs> like the whole thing yeah. is just so crazy. Yeah, I loved that story. It was so fun to like report and write. But that, I mean, I would have never found that story if it wasn't for that job at L because I, I was I literally met Brad that model on a plane coming back from a Chanel show. He was sitting next to me. Um, mm. And he, he just sort of started telling me about his life and like showing me all these like photos on his phone of him like partying in his hotel room with like Blake Lively or someone. And I was like, what the fuck is your life? Cause he was, he was also like, yeah, I'm going to get back to New Jersey. I'm going to like pick up my kids from school and then I'm going to like take them to soccer practice. And, and next week I'm flying with Carl to like Vienna. And you're just like, what? It's, it's, it's very insane. Yeah, it was very insane. Was he um, was he very flattered and honored to have a story about him and his life? Did he feel like that was some some final validation for him? I think he did. I mean, Brad is so he's like such a nice guy that if parts of it bothered him, I feel like he wouldn't have told me. Really, I mean, I could mm. tell. I could tell when it came out, he was like kind of psyched, and then I think as he started to hear from other people. Responding to the piece, I think he started to realize 
that maybe some of it, um, you know, uh, how do I put this? Uh, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't paint him in a bad light, but it was sort of showing like some, the true the, story. the pathetic ish angle of like a, a male model boy toy kind of scenario. Yeah, I think he was excited by the narrative that was like, here I am living on top of the world, like in a Rolex, but he wasn't so into the narrative of like, what happens to a male model in their 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the parts that maybe made it seem like his career was, you know, at some point going to end. end. Yeah, like yeah. I think those parts were a little bit harder for him. And well, he, yeah. we don't like to, th- us aging male models don't like to think about <laughs> that stuff. As I approach 38, it's something that I try not to think about, especially yeah, before bed, you know, if I'm trying to get a good night's sleep. Thank God the hair is still there. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you to our sponsor, Roman. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the, um, we also, you know, when we were doing a deep dive, we also discovered the, the Hills story, which I remember reading as well. And we are huge fans of that program here at How Long Gone. Um, oh, good, good, me too. J- Jason, my esteemed co-host, is a lifelong California resident born in Orange County. So he really, it really resonates with him. Oh, wow. So you, li- you like really know this world. I do. I mean, yeah, I mean, Laguna Beach. And then I also made that pilgrimage up to Los Angeles. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did not begin working in fashion PR, but I did eat lunch at Toast and I would have bottle service at Le Du. <laughs> Jason is a former, Jason's a recovering nightlife personality who has rubbed elbows with the cast of the Hills many times during his tenure. And I think that the, he loves Whitney. I'm more of a Kristen Cavallari. I would love for you to weigh in on I'm that. A, I'm a recovering Whit, Whitney stan. That's Yeah, I have to say it's like Whitney all the way for me. Yes. Wow. Um, even, yeah. though Cav- even So you're saying Kristen Cavallari, known mogul and mother, is, yeah. is somehow lesser than? Wait, so, so, so being a mother is, is, makes you a good Hills star? No, no, I'm just... Comp- I'm just Whitney I'm just has a kid out- as well, unfortunately. With, with that crooked <laughs> man. I'm just, with that nerd, I'm just, they all married nerds, which is fucking crazy. But but why why would you choose well, Whitney over Kristen? I think it's exactly the thing that you admire about Kristen that I don't like. Like, the ambition on her is, like, so visible. And Whitney, it's like everything has just sort of happened to her and she has no idea how it happened. That's like my, that. Wow, that's actually describing me and Jason. Now I understand. <laughs> this is fucked up. Without the money, though. Yeah, yeah, no money and no kids, thank God. But, but I, even, like, the way Whitney talks, that, like, doe-eyed, up-talking, like, mm-hmm. you know, slightly confused way of speaking. Like, it's just, it, 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 she just kind of, like, happened into it all. Even though you know there must have been some thought that went into it. Um, I, I would hope, but I think that that show just, because I think we're probably around the same age, and yeah. um, that show was just such a juggernaut and like a, a timestamp for that entire era of my life, like how popular that was. Absolutely. And how, how unavoidable it all was. Um, but I think that the reboot did not uh, capture the hearts and minds of, of America. No, in the same I'm way. really sad about it. I mean, I actually had a whole like backstory with that show that I, I don't think, I can't remember if I put this in a piece or just thought about well, putting it let's, in a piece. Well, let's get, let's get into it. <laughs> so when I was, I think I was like about to graduate college, I went to NYU, so I was in New York. And um, I, at the time, had just started dating this guy who was writing for details. And wow. he got, yeah, 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 R.I.P. Um, <laughs> did you, wait, hold on, did you read the Dan Perez memoir? 
Um, no, okay. no, I have it's not. The, it's, it's the worst pill memoir I've ever, as a former pill head, it's the worst pill memoir I've ever read, but continue. I like, can't imagine a memoir I would want to read less than that one. It's <laughs> deeply, it's, it's deeply uncool in a way that like shook me to my core. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And he likes pills a lot. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah, I thought it would be cooler. All right. So you're dating a hottie details editor who wears a blazer with jeans. Um, <laughs> not exactly, but sure. Let's go with that. That sounds good. Um, <laughs> I was dating a freelance writer. Who got a okay. Okay. That's, okay. That's fine. That's who fine. He fine. subscribed to details. He was not- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we read details every day. It was okay. our favorite magazine. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he got assigned. This was like, I think the Hills had been on the air for only one season. The second season where Brody and Spencer get introduced hadn't aired yet. And he got assigned a profile of Brody Jenner for Details Magazine. Oh, God. What and a we, heaven. What at a at heaven. the peak of Brody's hotness. Yes. <laughs> and no one knew, no one in America knew who these people were yet. So they only had just met, you know, Heidi. And I guess they knew Lauren from the OC. But like Brody and Spencer had not been on television at all. And we'd been dating maybe like a month, maybe two months, not very long. I remember it was around like Christmas 2006, I want to say. And he was like, hey, I've been assigned this story in LA. Do you want to come? And I I'd never been to LA, by the way. Like I basically like never left the the tri-state area. Um, Are Are you from New York? Well, so I'm Russian originally, and I immigrated to Coney Island when I was 10. So wow, mostly amazing. New York. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. So you um, went to L.A. at the best possible time. Yeah, I was about to say, yes. this is prime L.A. I hope you stayed. Did you stay at Sunset Tower, Chateau Marmont? I wish. <laughs> we stayed. No, we stayed at the Viceroy in Santa Monica, I think it is, or is it Venice? I don't no, know. No, no, it's Santa Monica. Interesting choice. Kelly Wurstler designed, I believe. Yes, um, yes. It has those, like, purple curtains. Yes, but that that actually, I actually like this better for your experience, but continue with your story, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, this whole experience, like, everything was brand new. Like, like I'd never seen, like, all the cliches of L.A., like, didn't know anything about it. Um, and so we're staying at the Viceroy, and I think, like, day two, I come along with him to meet Brody and Spencer. Now, <laughs> what's crazy is, like, being a magazine journalist now, I can't imagine bringing someone I've been dating yeah, yeah, for like a month to an interview. <laughs> hey, like, ba- hey, babe, we're going to we're going to the seafood place to meet these guys. Do you want to come or like you want to hit the pool? After a month, I'm- I wouldn't even tell my significant other what I was doing. <laughs> Let alone invite them to be there in person. And be like, oh, this is like my like. I mean, significant other is putting it strongly. Right, I'm not right, even right. sure we had like even had had a conversation about like what we were it was like i mean i was 21 probably um well thank god thank god you didn't have that conversation before you met two oc hunks exactly because then that could have put you in in an unfortunate position Mm -hmm. exactly um so i i'm generally like i you know i don't seem this way right now because i took a beta blocker but i'm generally like pretty fucking shy like i don't like especially then like i was basically just like a mute the whole night for this whole experience. Like, I don't think I said it because I was so like, I was like, who are these people? Like, I've never met people like this. And like, what is this weird building we're in? And then we like got into one of their, what is, what are those like Mercedes SUV things? You know what I'm oh, talking oh, about? Oh, you mean G-Wagon. a, a, a G-Wagon. Yes, a G-Wagon. Thank you. 
Um, we got into, <laughs> I think it was Brody's G-Wagon and went to Mr. Chow. Oh, my God. This is the best night of my life. All I'm right. just hearing about The rest it. of this podcast is just you telling this whole story in as much detail as possible. Stretch it now, out as long we're, as it we're needs to be. We're big Mr. Chow fans here in How Long Gone. So if you could, re- if you could remember Perfect. the order. If you could remember the order, that would I be I do great. remember the order. I can't wait to tell you the order because I just remember. You have to understand, like, at this point, I am so poor. Like I am like, in, I'm about to graduate NYU. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Mm. I'm living in an SRO in the East Village. Um, You're living do you guys know what? Top ramen and chopped cheese sandwiches. In, Absolutely. In mm. Absolutely. Um, and we go to Mr. Chow's and they order like lobster taco, not lobster. It was like some lobster mm-hmm. thing and some buffalo thing. <laughs> like I swear it was called like buffalo meat something. Mm-hmm. That's very, um, that, that sounds like off-menu item to me. I, I would yes. go with the hand-pulled noodles. I would go yes, with you know, sure. some other stuff, but sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. sure. But I just remember just like all these like – oh, and I think we started with like a bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. imagine I would imagine based on the G-Wagon and the time period, Cristal would have been the choice. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It was definitely something like that. And so like the tape recorder is on the table. There's like – Brody Spencer and probably two or three other friends who in retrospect was probably like Frankie, if I had to uh, guess. Fra- mm. Frankie Delgado, Jason's, yes. Jason's uh, co-worker, club promoter. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> we are not team Frankie. <laughs> uh, no, we're not. We're not. <laughs> what happened to Frankie? Doesn't he like do something weird now? Mm, Frankie doesn't look too hot. I know that. Um, no, no. In the I've, reboot. I've, I've seen him leaving, you know, I've seen him leaving fucking a, a restaurant on, on TMZ looking a little hefty with a trucker hat on. Frankie is somewhere sure. doing something date rape adjacent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're all older. Um. <laughs> Justin Bobby doesn't have to date rape anymore, though. No, Justin Bobby's cutting hair and making a living looking hot. All Justin right, so Bobby's amazing. Um, <laughs> we'll get so- back. We'll circle back to JB. Don't worry. So great, you're, at, great, so great, you're great. at Mr. Chow bawling the fuck out. Yeah, it's it's and I, I I literally I remember what I'm wearing. I'm wearing this like dress from H and M that I thought was so cool and was like definitely not. And um, <laughs> it, it was just like I, I I think I was even wearing like tights, which is not a thing you do in L A. Mm-hmm. But was a thing you did in New York. It was like very normal. Um, well, this, this time period, I, I I'm surprised there's not like a leather jacket involved. I'm sure there was, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was a it was a dark time for fashion as a whole, though. Definitely, it was. It was definitely. It was that weird time between like low rise jeans, but like mm. before fashion got better. It was just like a weird in between period. We all um, look bad. We all look bad, and we can all sympathize with you. Yes. Oh, you know, it was like the time of true religion jeans, wasn't it? Whoa. We call them, we call those truies on this show. <laughs> truies so are just, a timeless garment that should not be be besmirched. That's true. Sure. We'll let Fair. you slide. We'll let you slide because I the won't story do it again. So I'll we'll be let careful. You slide. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe pop another beta blocker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I've got the bottle right here. Okay. I can just keep. I'll just do like one every ten minutes. <laughs> if we hear you start snorting, we're gonna have to hang up. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> I thought you guys were into pills. We are into pills, but but beta blockers are a little light to, for me. Yeah, but, no, but Jay, I know. Jason, maybe Jason, maybe. If I like accidentally fall asleep in the middle of this, you'll know why. Okay, <laughs> it's not. Um, it's not because it's not because we're really bad at our jobs. No, it's because of this anxiety medication. Too much beta. Too much beta. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you you were a timid twenty one year old wearing tights and an H and M dress at Mister Chow yes. with all these rich hotties. Are you, yes. are you sipping the champagne? Do they offer you a glass? 
Definitely sipping the champagne uh-uh. and um, not speaking at all. I'm pretty but are these, sure. Are these people? Are these? Are they super nice to you? Is everybody really friendly? They're basically. I am like furniture. No one is okay. acknowledging me mm. whatsoever, mm. Um, which I actually find to be really helpful. Which was probably um, welcome for you. Absolutely. Like mm. like the the one time that I think Spencer tried to talk to me, I was so nervous. I like didn't know what to say because I also like I couldn't like I had no reference point for these types of people like I like being from like New York, New Jersey, like Spencer Pratt is such a unique animal on his own. But then like, I don't know, there's just something so specific about him. I remember during dinner, this woman comes over to the table who is like full of like injections and like plastic (laughs) surgery. And, and then I realize it's Brody's mom who (laughs) happens to be eating dinner there at the same time. For like reason, I was like, wait, like his whole family just like comes here and runs into each other like it's fucking Cheers or something. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's that's, welcome to L.A., baby. It's the good life. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Keep the the G-Wagon up front, you know? Yeah. What are you doing here, mom? (laughs) I mean, it was something like that. That conversation (laughs) went something like that. She was there with like her friends, you know, drinking champagne also. Mm. Um. And, so and at after, the time, did you think that Spencer and Brody and these guys were like cool, hot people or were you turned off by their their whole vibe? I think I mostly just it was more like anthropological than like mm-hmm. I'm into this or not into this. Like I wasn't grossed out by them exactly. I was like so fascinated that I didn't want it to end. Like I wanted to just keep observing them for the rest of my life. Like mm-hmm. that's how I, I just like felt this like voyeuristic excitement about being in proximity to such like a foreign world, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, that's, it. that's that's why reality TV is so powerful. And you, and, I love and reality. You, and you still seem to to have that that love in your career as uh, you know what you're writing about today. Yeah, I mean, I like I like people, weird people from worlds I don't really understand. Mm. But uh, after dinner, we went to the clubs. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I Which- think we went to hide. Oh mm-hmm. shit! There was bottle service. Um, I'm pretty sure we went to. Was it Ledoux? I actually, I'm not sure what the second one was. You know what it is? I think it's Area. Yes, another. Mm-hmm. We yes. went to Area. So no. first we went to yeah. Must that's have been it. an off night, but yeah. Go were, ahead. Were, were you getting Liddy? Like, were you doing Patron shots, or are you just chilling? Um, I am slowly sipping on probably like a vodka soda. Um, very, very mature of you. Yeah. Well, so, well, yeah, I mean, the story doesn't end well, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I remember during bottle service, um, this guy, what is his name? He was on Entourage. Is it Kevin Connolly? Is that possible? We're talking about E? Yes, E. E E comes over and mooches off their bottle service, which was such an Entourage move for someone (laughs) who actually... Like it was, it was, I, it already felt like entourage and here was like, it's, it felt so meta and weird. So, so he kind of did the stop and chat. Hey, how you guys doing? And then without looking, he's fixing himself a cocktail E style. He's more than once. More than once. Damn, he's he's mooching off the Belvedere. E is a is a bottle rat. Is what you're saying. (laughs) He's a bottle rat. Then I think to show off for probably the article. Brody texts Lindsay Lohan. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) 
I just want to, you to know Lindsay Lohan during this phase is my number one of all time. So please continue. Sure. I mean, he, she's basically at her height, I would think then, right? Like 2006, Lindsay? Speaking, speaking of leather jackets, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, this, is, this is when she was partying hard. Yes. I remember Brody said something like, uh, watch this. I'm going to text Lindsay and she's going to show up. And then that happened. That, and then she, <laughs> <laughs> and then that happened. And and then uh, I do remember Heidi showed up. That was like the first time I met her. Um, and she was like pre-plastic Heidi. So like very, she had um, like pigtail braids and seemed very like sweet and innocent. Yeah, that, and that early youthful. Heidi was really actually kind of sweet and nice. She was really like cute mm-hmm. and like uh, girlish. It's just, yeah. Um, and then anyway, I'm, I'm not gonna, this story can go on forever, but <laughs> where this ends is where we, when we got to area, I don't know if I like, I don't think I drank too much or if I was just like overwhelmed. I don't feel like I was drinking actually very much, but basically at some point I fainted at area and it was horrible. <laughs> oh man. It was awful because basically We've then, all been there. Yeah. But like, you know, if you faint at a nightclub like that and you're basically like people just assume you're on some like cocktail of drugs mm-hmm. I, um, I i would i think you're lying and you're in a k-hole but we're gonna let you do this <laughs> i wish i was in a k-hole but i was like in a reality tv hole like i was just in some do you like, think I feel there like, was a chance that you were drugged no okay no because it was it was like a i don't know if you know ever, how Connolly can be sure <laughs> no no i mean i'm pretty sure my drink was in my hands the whole night mm-hmm. um no, I, I honestly, like, I don't even remember being, like, tipsy or drunk. It just felt like uh, like I was jet-lagged, and we'd been, like, out for hours and hours and hours, and I was tired. I don't know. It was horrible. It was horrible because so did, then you had people like Brody and Spencer trying to help you as you're, like, passing out in a nightclub. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not the crew I would want they're to used, help. No. They're used medical. to it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, did your so did your man at the time was like, "Babe, don't embarrass me in front of the guys." <laughs> no, he was. Just, I mean, he was just sort of like. I, I mean, I don't. I was trying to hide it, right? Because if you know you're about to faint, you don't want anyone to know you're about to faint. <laughs> um, so I was like, I could tell he was like mid reporting. The tape recorder was out, and I didn't want to like disrupt anything. And I was like, I'm gonna oh. go over there for a little bit, and I'm totally fine. Just like do your thing. And I think I just like sat down at some table and like put my head down until I felt better. Um, and then later, I think, I don't remember what Spencer said, but I remember him saying something that implied he thought I was like on drugs. <laughs> what a dick. It was horrible. Um, luckily he did not remember this when I interviewed them last year. Did you not tell them you didn't regal them with that tale when you met them again? I didn't at first. And I think later when I had a one-on-one interview with, uh, Spencer and Heidi at their podcast studio, um, where they were interviewing <laughs> Sheena Shea. Um, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, then I brought it up. I said, you know, you probably don't remember this, but like we met very briefly 15 years ago. And he remembered it. Um, he was like, oh, my God, you were like that person? Um, so, yeah. Damn. Wow. That, that honestly. I'm sorry is- I just hijacked this podcast with that whole story. Are you kidding? That's we, what this we literally is all begged about. you to tell us that story. Yeah, yeah. Like I could. That that is exactly what we want the show to be. <laughs> that I can't believe how on brand that entire thing is. <laughs> Happy so, to help. Honestly, shocking. 
Um, but I don't think, yeah, I do think that era is just, I, I think reality TV is, is turned into something different now, you know? And it's I really think that, different, but it's interesting. Sorry, I just interrupted you, but um, no, no, I, it's interesting. Like I'm sort of into the evolution of it. Like, I mean, now I watch Vanderpump religiously and I'm I, over it. Let me just go. On really? Record. I think it's bad now. Okay. Tell me why. New characters are trash. Old characters are trash. There's no, there's no like, it's also like we know they're rich. You right, know what I mean? So right, it's, right. So it's like the, the guise of the guise of working at a restaurant is not, it doesn't, it's not real. Yeah, like That's you guys, fair. you guys are rich and you bought ugly houses in the valley. And like Jax has a vintage Mustang. Like you, you you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars an episode. I, I would guess they're making a hundred thousand dollars an episode at least. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I do think the appeal of the show early on was that it it had that like Bravo like housewives sheen, but then they were poor and that was amazing. Like the fact that they lived in those like shitty apartments. That um, was the whole that was yes, that the bad behavior mixed with the with the poorness was what was appealing. Yeah, it was great. I think what the reason I have so you're right that the new cast members suck. And it's I mean, really, look, Brett is hot, don't get me wrong. Um, but he's, 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 he literally has had a lobotomy. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like, I guess I like that they, I don't know what's going to happen without Stassi and Kristen. Cause I do feel like they're like core important cast members. Um, but I like that they, uh, are like continuously breaking the fourth wall. Like that they're yes, including yeah, like, I agree, I agree. like I, I sort of like the evolution of reality TV in this like postmodern direction where the, the cameras and producers are increasingly in it. Um, and they're like talking about the show on the show. I find sort of compelling. I agree with you, but, but I also think that's all they, that's like the only thing they can do because there's no growth left. Um, yeah. But I, I do think there's a, a small uprising of people that believe Below Deck is taking the, the reins. So I uh, haven't watched Below Deck, and I need to. Well, um, let me tell you, it fucking slaps, okay? Really? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not going to – I don't think – it's already segmented into like different – like Mediterranean, there's like already a few uh, shows in the franchise. So I don't think it could – it's not as holistic as, as Vanderpump Rules is in that way. Um, like there's a whole world of characters already is what I'm trying to say. So it's like, I I think, I think that kind of, well, I just mean, I think that like draws people in, in different ways for Vanderpump rules. Everyone was focused on this one show. Um, but you know, look, we'll see. I mean, my King Andy has got the golden touch. So, you know, it's very possible that he could, you know, bring something to, to the table that trumps it all. I mean, I hope so. Um, I, I mean, God bless Andy Cohen. He's like the amount of content he's created that I've consumed in the last decade is just, I don't know. How have you, how have you handled quarantine? Um, quarantine's been weird. Um, I, no, real, real, do you, do you live in, uh, do you live in LA arena? I do. Yeah. Oh, you do? What's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, you play tennis. I, What's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where do you lunch? I, I actually really want to play tennis, but I don't currently. I want to learn how to play tennis. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm open to the idea of learning to play tennis. We can what, chat neighborhood, offline. what neighborhood do you live in? <laughs> I am currently in Silver Lake, and I actually have to find a home because I'm homeless in like ten days. Um, wow, that, that seems urgent. 
It is urgent. <laughs> this is, it's very urgent. Um, I don't know when this comes out, but maybe someone will be listening who has an apartment for me. Well, it comes um, out. It comes out tomorrow. Actually, oh, we perfect. Time, we timed perfect. this perfectly. We had your your big story hit in the in print today, and it comes out tomorrow. So we're going to not only promote your work, but also find you an apartment. Wonderful. Okay, what are, what so are we looking for for our new our new LA crib? I am looking for a place on the east side. Um, ideally, I used to live in Los Feliz, like right below Griffith, which I loved. Hell yeah! Um, it's impossible to find something walking, in that area. Walking distance tomorrow, or. Yes, yes. It was like above, it was above um, Los Feliz Boulevard, but like walking distance to Little Doms. Goals mm. AF. Yeah, it was, it was like my dream place and I had to move out. But um, this was a couple of years ago. But uh, I'm looking in like, I'd say Silver Lake, Los Feliz. I would go to like Highland Park, mm. Eagle No, Rock. no, no. We draw the line. We hate. This I know. Is a, this I is know. an anti-Highland Park podcast. I mean, I get it. I feel like everyone <laughs> who works in podcasts lives in Highland Park, don't they? Um, would you would you consider a move to Glendale? You know, it's funny that you ask that because I was just considering that this morning. Mm, um, why don't you come on down to Glendale? Jason lives in Glendale, and I tell you what, he loves it. I, peop, I mean, here's the thing. I love Glendale um, as like a place to go. Um, nice I place to visit, wouldn't want to live there? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that. There's something about <laughs> Glendale that feels so familiar to me, like – I, I don't know if it's like is it all the up. Russian people? It's definitely the Russians and the Armenians and mm-hmm. the Jersey vibe and the big mall. I mean, mm-hmm. the Galleria and Dintai Fung are like all, I want to spend all my time there. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now we're talking. The you're, amount you're, of G wagons per capita in Glendale exceeds that of anything that Brody Jenner is putting up. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I love that whole vibe. Like, I feel like if I get sad or depressed, I just drive to Glendale. Um, Welcome home, honey. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Glendale is your Beverly Hills. Who would it is. Thought? It is. It really is. I mean, I would, uh, most days I would much rather drive to Glendale than Beverly Hills. Um, huh. So, so you kind of, me uh, and you aren't the same. I, I guess, <laughs> you know, I've, I always, coming from Orange County, I've always yearned for that hybrid of like the city life mixing with some of that suburban comfort of, you know, everything's going to be okay kind of vibe, thanks to retail and restaurants. Definitely. I mean, um, I don't know if I don't want to like offend LA people, but I feel like we do once, (laughs) once I moved here from New York, it's just like, like the people who live downtown, I don't really get it. We we, we also hate downtown. It's unbelievable. I hate downtown. Like, why would you live? And then people say things like, it's like I live in New York. I have like exposed brick and it's like, but you don't. But more, way more piss than New York. It's also, just awful there. It's not cool. There's nothing <laughs> cool down there, and it's hotter. It's 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 awful in every way. I mean, I guess like I, you know, sometimes going there for like a restaurant or something is fine. But um, I we just, only we only go downtown for Dover Street Market. Um, but <laughs> I I understand what you're saying. If you listen not, to this podcast and you live downtown, click that unsubscribe button. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't want your ad dollars. Don't buy a manscape because we told you to. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I feel like the, like big upside of moving to LA from New York, um, and I won't list all the other cliche reasons, Mm -hmm. but that you get to live in like a really wonderful suburbia. Like Mm -hmm. you get to like drive to the Galleria and you have a car and everything is just like easy and it's like early retirement. 
How long? Um, have you, how long early retirement is a way that I've never heard it explained. That's before. the part that and I that don't makes, want to offend people. No, with, but, but I think I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily a pejorative. I think it, it, some people like to be an early retirement kind of vibe. Or at least definitely, my, I do. I mean, for me, it's a wonderful thing. But I know that there are people here who are like, "We work really hard," and it's like, "Okay, yeah. sure." I'd love to find those people. Do you have a microscope? <laughs> I've, ne- I've never, I've never fucking seen them. Some people you were born it. retired, and that's 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 us. Yeah. All those people sitting at LaMille on their laptops. Oh, <laughs> that's my nightmare. LaMille right. on a laptop is my nightmare. Well, I know. I can't even like make eye contact with people when I walk in or well, used to walk thanks in. Thanks to the COVID-19 virus, you guys <laughs> might have your wish granted as they will maybe most likely never open their doors again. Are you guys happy? Okay. Okay. Relax. <laughs> how, how, how long have you lived in New York? I mean, in, in LA, I'm sorry. Um. I mean, like, officially, I'd say about, like, three years. Unofficially, maybe, like, five. Um, I sort of, like, moved in the most ambivalent way possible where I didn't even admit to myself that I was moving until, <coughs> like, it, it was, like... like no, I'm, I am here right now. I'm currently displaced by choice. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said I was displaced by choice. Displaced by choice? What is that? I mean, who says that sentence? <laughs> well, if, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Jason, we're saying new sentences Like, did you, did you move? No, I, w- I, I was displaced by choice. I just, I just think this is a better place to be for my physical fitness, you know? And right now, that's, that's high on my list of importance to Cop. keep my, my sure. mental strong, you know? I yeah, I mean, this is how I felt in 2015 when I started coming here, that this was important to my <laughs> mental, physical well-being. Where um, did you – wait, where did, we never finished where you worked. I, oh, I, right, I, sorry. No, I, I mean – jumping I, around. I know you were you, – so you were New York Observer, then L, and then what? So then I went freelance. So basically I was at L for like six to eight months or something, and um, I think I was like 27 at the time, and I just could feel – so I – I loved the people I worked with and Elle was actually like pretty fun. It was just, I couldn't like answer the question for myself of like why I was doing this. Like, you know, the like sifting through handbags and figuring out which one was like newsy to put in a certain issue. Um, I, wish like, I, I wish I, I, I don't suffer the same. Sounds great <laughs> to me. But it was all, I, I can't, ex- it was like, uh, I no, shouldn't I, say I, more about no, this. No, no, I, I understand completely. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think that that sometimes, like, writing about clothes and talking about clothes is, is not fun anymore. I think that's well, here's totally the thing. okay. I you know? love talking about clothes. I also love writing about clothes. What There's something about when it becomes your job that you get mm. paid for and the kind of – you get – I mean, similar to what I was talking about in the piece, you just become part of the system – that doesn't entirely make sense and seems in some ways corrupt is too strong a word, but not well formed or something. Sure, sure, sure. Um, like there's something about it where you feel gross too often. Um, and mm. that's the part that I felt like I couldn't do. And, and separately from that, I felt like ultimately what I wanted to do was like long form stuff. So I just kind of decided that I was going to go freelance and not have a job. Um, and I, I, I sort of, I mean, this sounds very like young person idealistic, but I was like, okay, if I don't make it by 30, I'll go and get a job. Um, and I think I spent the next three years like trying to, like I sort I was sort of freelancing. And then I think that, uh, male model story came out like right when I turned 30. Um, and I was like, okay, I feel like I can do this for a bit. And look, you're doing it right now. 
You're thriving. Uh, you're talking to Anna. You're talking. You're talking to Anna Wintour on the phone. You know what I on mean? On Zoom. Like, on Zoom. Don't forget. Was she? What? What was the vibe? Oh my God, that was so. So I also work. I write for Vogue sometimes. Um, oh, so you got to be careful. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. Yes. Exactly. Big, um, publi- big publishing will come for you, and there won't be much left. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I was. I, I felt like I had to talk to her for the piece for obvious reasons, Agreed. but I was also scared too because she, you know, in a way sort of signs my paychecks sometimes. Um, it's just a weird position to be in because you don't, you know, people say she respects journalists, so you don't want to like pull punches. At the same time, you kind of, I, I actually do respect her a lot and am a fan like i i know that's like a controversial opinion probably now but uh, like i'm not uh, one of we're those team, like we're, we're team anna on okay this great i'm not one of the people who's like anna needs to go i really am i i genuinely think the minute that anna leaves vogue it's just over but maybe that's too cynical i don't know i, I don't know if i i just don't think that she could uh like relinquish any control for it to cha- like change in a good way does that make sense like, I, I just, I, I feel like it's going to be her show or someone else's. And I don't know if it could be someone else's. And she couldn't just, she couldn't just like make small changes on a day to day basis to make it different. That, and that's, this is not going to happen. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Um, if we follow the Devil Wears Prada algorithm, um, what you guys are saying is correct. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of my, you know, that's my North Star for all things fashion. Um, <laughs> Same. So, so you hit, you bang Anna on Zoom. What did you wear for this? Were you concerned? Okay, so, so just the, they didn't tell me it was going to be a Zoom until 15 minutes before. Mm. Oh my gosh. So it was so really stressful. So your glam team wasn't even there. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I probably hadn't showered. I probably looked like Howard Hughes. I mean, it was like, I just, I was like nowhere near Zoom presentable. Like I was on deadline. I I had all this reporting to do. Um, You know, I'd already probably, by the time I spoke to her, I'd probably been reporting it for a few weeks. Um, And yeah, I mean, I was completely unshowered. Like it was, it was horrible. And uh, I knew we had a phone call scheduled. They scheduled it the day before. I forget what time. Oh, they tried to schedule it for 6 a.m. L.A. time, which was insane. Yes, I and, love that. Are you really about this life or not? Wake up. Let's go. <laughs> and she and I, I said I couldn't do it, and she, like, brought it up during the Zoom. That's so was, sick. I know. Because <laughs> she was like, oh, you're in L.A. That's why you didn't want to talk to me at 6 a.m. Oh. And I was like, no, I had another commitment. You were like, bitch, take off those sunglasses, and let's talk about it then. About I had that? a soul cycle, Anna. <laughs> Chill. Yeah, you know how it is, babe. I was busy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um, I basically, so her assistant emails me and is like, Anna doesn't have great service where she is. Do you mind if we do it over Zoom? And what I wanted to say is, can we just do FaceTime audio? But that seemed like an obnoxious thing to say. Because, Uh, yeah, I think you just got to let it rock. I mean, exactly. You just have to let her decide. If her if her East Hampton compound doesn't get great service, then I'm sure the Wi-Fi will do. Yes. So um, I basically just everything that was in camera view, I just sort of like pushed to one side <laughs> of the room. There was just like piles of like sweatpants and potato chip bags and like wrappers and I mean it was just empty Adderall was, bottles. Definitely. All my pill bottles, all my empty liquor bottles. Um, It was just like this pile, this shame pile in Mm. one corner. 
And I quickly, I like put my hair in a ponytail, put on, for some reason, I decided the only thing I had time to do was put on eyebrow liner. So I did that. Um, <laughs> I don't know a lot about makeup, but that seems pretty low on the list. It things. is. It was just, I was like, okay, this I can do well in 10 minutes. What um, brand, what brand did you use? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, it's Chanel, actually. Oh, that's good. Interesting, interesting <laughs> twist. Huh? I know. I feel really lame now, but well, uh, no, you're in the pockets of big Chanel, and a we Chanel see girl that. never feels lame. Exactly. I'm, I'm I'm paid by Chanel on the side, so this is nothing is more look. Nothing is more chic than Chanel, even if it's even if it's the licensed beauty products. You know, uh, who yeah. am I to judge? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so your eyebrows, your eyebrows are on fleek, and then the camera comes on. Well, and I threw on a cashmere sweater really quickly because um, oh. I was in like a wife beater. A second. We love what what color? Like a nice cream. Exactly. How Look did at you know? Jesus Christ! I really fucking do this. Okay, <laughs> so you're wearing you're the guy wearing knows a, Zoom. You're wearing a cream cashmere sweater. Your eyebrows are done. <laughs> and how long are you? What is Anna wearing? Um, she was. You know, it's interesting because in the weeks in the week prior, she was Instagramming all those photos of herself in like a tracksuit. So yes, I, I thought I, was it Tory Sport, my favorite. I, I don't remember the maybe. No, I, I don't it, think it was it. Well, that you know that picture of her running in the woods that yes. kind of went viral. That was yes, Tory yes. Sport. Okay, that yeah, was Tory Sport. yeah, that's the picture I'm thinking of. I remember her also wearing those like um, the stripy sweaters. Yes. Um, uh, anyway, I was expecting that. I was expecting like pandemic Anna, um, mm-hmm. but she was she was pre-pandemic. It was like a you know very dressy dress with a necklace kind of like the way she looks in the i don't know if you guys watch global conversations but that version of yeah her. yeah okay so she has um, a zoom she has a zoom look whether it's a global conversation or just to chat with her friend well and here's what's i mean we're definitely not friends i wish we were friends <laughs> but um this is the horrible awkward part of and this is why i hate zoom so they they ask me if i can do zoom i say sure they send me a zoom link i click on it I'm there first, and I assume when someone asks me to Zoom that we're doing video unless I've been otherwise notified. Mm -hmm. Then she joins the Zoom and her camera's blocked. And I have this moment of like, fuck, what do I do? Do I block my camera to meet Mm -hmm. her where she is? What if she was expecting this to be non-camera Zoom? And by leaving mine on, I'm sort of like pressuring her to turn hers on. Um, Wow. This is is a a real real peek into your mind. Yeah, I mean, I felt like it was like a Larry David moment where I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I don't know what to do here. Um, so I did nothing, and then she turned her camera on. I think she, that, I think as a reporter, it's better to just get the eye contact. I think you made the right choice. I mean, you're not exactly making eye contact with her. Um, because <laughs> well, what, what sunglasses does she wear? Do we know the, is it Chanel? Are I'm actually Chanel? not sure. I don't know. How do um, we not know that? Because she wears the same ones, right? I think so. Yeah, I somehow have no idea. But do what's you think, interesting? Do you, do you think she's blind like Stevie Wonder is, like a lie, or do you think she just does it for the look? I think. Uh, is there I a like rumor that she's blind? I, no, no, she's not blind. She's no. not blind. Um, I I feel like I know why she does it, but I feel like I shouldn't say this out loud. No, no, Ooh. you have to say this because I have theories too. I'm, I I've been told that she's worn them for so long that her eyes are now really sensitive to light, and she can't go without them. I mean that that makes total sense that to me. That seems like I a mean, bullshit excuse to me. Agreed. If you're listening, and Anna, I hope <laughs> she I hope she never listens to this. Um, <laughs> don't don't worry, don't worry. But thank rest you assured, for my friend. It. Rest assured. <laughs> don't worry. What is your theory? What is your theory on okay, the sunnies? So, 
Anna is from this generation that's like the Hillary generation, right? Like power suit, even though she doesn't wear power suit. But like you're supposed to present yourself as a powerful woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Carl wore sunglasses because he felt like when you age, it's the age around the eyes that's the most. Yes. uh, Mm. That you can tell. Telling, the most telling. Exactly, yeah. So I think it's the combo of those two things. I think that if you keep your sunglasses on, you know, I don't know how old Anna is. I'm not going to speculate, but you know, she's been doing this job for a long time. She's be and she's somehow, by now. yeah, at least 110, <laughs> I would say. So, so, I have no so idea everyone, how is. everyone in fashion <laughs> seems to be deathly concerned with their aging process. I, I yes. don't. Yeah, no, totally. But I mean, I think you're right. That's probably what it is. Yeah, I that think makes the, sense. But unfortunately, I think the power aspect of it comes off, maybe not with her because it's like a signature and same for Carl. Mm. But if I started showing up with sunglasses on, my friends would be like, you fucking idiot. What are you doing? Like that doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't fly unless you've been doing it for so long. So I feel like that is over. I feel like her, she is the last person that's going to do that. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder if like young people can still make like a fashion thing like that part of their like persona. Well, I feel like I feel like TikTok e boys like want to show off their eye makeup and stuff, so they can't wear True. sunglasses to to block that. True, Chris. Um, if you start paying us like Carl paid his boys, I will gladly, <laughs> I will gladly be a yes man for your eyeglasses journey. Yeah, I mean, we can think about that. We can talk about that once this ad dollars really start hitting. Do so you, you talk to her- when when you're when you're zooming with with Wintour? Do you have to ask her permission to take a screenshot? Or do you just take a screenshot? Um, this was another horrible, awkward thing. Um, so, <laughs> you know, there's a record button on the Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew at this point that if you click that button, it'll mm-hmm. ask the other person permission mm-hmm. whether you can record. So instead of using my tape recorder, I thought I would just use that. And then, you know, I have this amazing video um, forever. Show the grandkids. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I had consensual Zoom with Anna Wintour. <laughs> <laughs> so I said early on, I was like, do you mind if I record this? I'm just going to use the Zoom record. And she said, no, of course, that's fine. But then she looked away from the screen. Um, oh. So right when I hit record, whatever prompt she got to give her permission, she didn't see. So it like didn't work. That's and a then power I move. Yeah. She knew exactly what she was doing with that move. I know. I know. It was kind of a bummer. And so then you can't really like scream. You can't do anything. She looked, like, over, right. she looked over at the pool boy and called for a Diet Coke right at the wrong moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you did not just take a regular screenshot. No. What? No. How? I, how do you not? not do that? Because how do you do it without her noticing that you're doing it? Um. Well, I mean, like the, the computer, like I... I just took a screenshot of our conversation right now. Did you know that I did that? I do. I just heard you hit some keys. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't know. You didn't know what he was doing. You didn't know what he was doing. Like, no, so, and- some, uh, when we record this podcast, we do it with with FaceTime, and it'll show video sometimes. And and every once in a while, we'll we'll post a screenshot of of Chris and our guest. Just for oh, a am social, I supposed to have my video on? As like a social media asset? No, 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 not at all. It just happens sometimes, and. And no one, no one is the wiser. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I feel like this actually just reveals how like not tech savvy I am. Like I know mm. I can take a screenshot, but I somehow don't know the keys that I hit without looking it up. Yeah. Um, I guess I would, I would probably, you know, if I had Wintour on the other line, I would just err on the side of caution and not try to fuck with anything, not hit any keys on my computer at all. Yeah. How, how long did you have scared. her? Um, I think it was about 30 minutes. Damn. Um, that's, okay. That's longer really than I long. thought. Yeah, it was actually really long. Um, I was surprised they gave me that much time. And then later she answered some questions over email. Too. I love the shade she threw at Scott. It was so good. It's I know. It's so good. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's, 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 it's precision. It's, it's, a, it's literally a doctor in surgery, the shade that she threw at Scott. I know. I, really, I was really on the fence. I knew I wanted to use what Stephen Kolb and Virgil said. But I was really like, I knew it was such a good line and I wanted to use it. But I was just like, ah, is, she, is this like too, is this too much? Is she going to feel like I'm like making fun of her? Like, is it a low blow? But I sort of felt better after talking to a friend who's like, no, you're just reinforcing the whole yeah. like September issue personality. Yes, this that's is- what I was about to say. You're like, you're feeding into what she wants, I would think. Yeah. And that made me feel better because I was like, okay, great. I'm actually like, this is like on brand for her versus like dressing her down in any way. Also, Virgil's quote is amazing. Virgil, Virgil saying, what's he up to these days or whatever it is, is so yeah. insane. Where like, did he go? Enti- entire world is, was, is at least in my world, in my circles, like pretty popular. Like everyone mm-hmm. I know either owns something or is very aware of like the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. But I think Virgil's one of the designers, I think he's even said this, that he's one of those people who tries not to look at other stuff because right. he, th- he thinks it will like influence him badly. Yeah. Um, but which is interesting because he just got killed for like ripping off what's his name. So I don't know what the I, I don't know like yeah. if that, he, he if pays that, other people to look at stuff. That's or. what Jason. That's what you do for me now. I just decided. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, the, I think that the, the some of those quotes are iconic, and I mean I think the thing about the CFDA and Jason, we're talking about this a little bit, but it's it's like so archaic and seems kind of useless to most people that mm-hmm. I think the way Kolb handled it too was a little bit like I I just. It didn't, I don't know. I just didn't like it. <laughs> well, right. So like you, you had asked me, I think your first question was like, how did this piece like come together and stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was, there were so many conversations I'd had with people off the record with things they didn't feel comfortable saying sure. publicly, but a lot of that essentially boiled down to what is the purpose of the CFDA? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like, what, what does that do? What is the point? Why do I have to pay them money? Exactly. And they charge so much money. No, it's, um, it's, it's, it feels dated in a way that like not embracing someone like Scott now and with this venture because it doesn't feel like big enough or important enough is exactly yeah. the, is exactly the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of how I felt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, Stephen Cole was really nice. I mean, we talked on the phone for like an hour and I didn't want to go too hard. I didn't want to be too hard on them, but at the same time, it's just like so plainly obvious. So. I yeah, know. I mean, I don't think you had to do anything. I think they do it to themselves. That's the yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Thank you for joining us. This was great. Yeah, of course. Was that it? You really this gave is- us the, the motherfucking tea. We went from no other podcast is going to take you from Anna Wintour to the hills in one hour. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> this was so much easier than I thought. We try well, to make it sh- easy for you. We I was so anxious. See- no, please. No. I mean, honestly, it's great. I love the story. I love a lot of your stories. So it was fun to talk. And I'm, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that you gave this information to the world. I think that also 
the power of like something as big as the, as the Sunday magazine is like stories like this, um, like regular people can understand this. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like it's, yeah. it's not, it's it, because of where it is and how you did it. It's not so insidery that it doesn't, it, it'll, it'll be able to penetrate to everyone. And yeah. I think that, that that is like a really difficult thing to do when you're talking about an industry that's so insular and so kind of like, it just keeps people out. Um, yeah. So I think you succeeded there and hopefully my dad will understand this. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to, my like secret model for this was the big short. So I was trying to explain it like the subprime mortgage crisis. That's a great, that's a, no, that's a great, wow. that's a great way. That, that's a great way to look at it. And that makes total sense. Cause I, I, that, that's the only way I understood that shit is from that movie. Totally. Me too. Um, well, thank la- you. Last remark, who, who are maybe a couple designers that you think might change the future of fashion for the better? Oh, I have no idea. Copy that. Um, <laughs> Great to meet you. I wish I, I wish I had like a really smart answer for that. But um, no, I have absolutely no idea. Um, That's fine. Yeah. She's, she said, Jason, your little broke ass can figure that out. I'm going to keep wearing Chanel head to toe. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I wish I knew. I don't know. I feel so like out of the loop with what like young kids are doing. Like I, I'm sort of at the stage of life where I like learn about bands from SNL. So it's like I don't know anything about stuff now. Okay, boomer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, damn. And also, Sorry. Bef- also before we go, you are a Virgo, correct? Yes. How did you know? Well, we did a little research, and we're also Virgos, so we like to embrace wow. our own. What's your What's your birthday? Show. September 9th. There we go. I'm, I'm, I'm September fourteenth, and, and Jason is September. You're 4th. right in the middle. I can't believe it took an hour for us to get to the Virgo thing. Well, we should have just talked if, about Virgo. If stuff you would the whole do time. us the honor of, you know, sometime down the road joining us on this show again, we can do a deep dive into our celestial upbringings. I would love to. That sounds fun. Excellent. Um, all right. Don't overdose on beta blockers. Have a beautiful LA Sunday. <laughs> How many copies of the paper? Did you buy a copy of the paper this morning yet? I haven't. I still have to like go to Gelson's or wherever it is I'm supposed to find it. I just went to the Daily Planet next door to Villa Carlotta where I'm staying and picked one up. So you got to buy it. Oh, great. It. They had a few left. So make your way over there. You got to buy at least three for the archive. You know? Perfect. That's what I'm doing after we get off. All right. Enjoy. Have a good day. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye, guys. Bye.